Amen. Enjoyed that this morning, praise team. Just enjoyed the freedom to be able to come and just worship a risen Savior. Amen. One that Jesus Christ is alive today. And as we see that quoted a lot of times that Jesus is alive, if, if Jesus is alive, then that should make His church alive. Amen. His church should be alive. And I'm going to start two or three sermons on the church of the walking dead. I don't know about you, but I don't know ever be in a church that becomes dead. Amen. How many of y'all agree with me? Amen. Amen. There's nothing worse, I believe, in God in God's eyes than, than to operate or live and be around a dead church. And I know and I know today I, I've had it said at me and because of the type of preaching that I do and you know, you hear all kinds of things. Well, he's half Pentecostal and this and that. Isn't it amazing when you get on fire for Jesus how people want to label? And it ought to be an on fire Christian, amen? Is really what the label should be. And that's what Jesus is looking for in His church today. I, I just truly believe if, God, if Jesus could unveil and just open up to His churches. Now in Revelation, He writes to John and speaks to these churches and He tells them different things that were wrong in their church. I just really wonder how would Jesus feel if He walked and came into some of our worship services today? I wonder if people would call Him a bad Pentecostal. Amen? I wonder if they'd call Him as, man, loud or this or the worship, the people. You know what? This is, we better get ready because if you're a born-again Christian, you better get ready to worship in heaven. I got, I got news for them. The music will be alive in heaven. But see, we, we, right now I'm talking about the externals in the church and the church is not the building. The church is the people. And if you have a dead church, then that means you have dead people. And we're going to look at this church here in Revelation chapter 3. If you have your Bible, in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus talks to John. Now this is Jesus speaking to the church. If you'll notice in your Bible, it's all read. This is not John talking. This, John's writing. This is Jesus Christ Himself speaking to the church. He speaks to seven churches here in the, in the first chapters of Revelation. Each one of them have something in their church that he addresses. And this church here that he addresses, and this is really where the American church is going to. This is where a lot of our churches, 3,500 churches shut their doors a year. That's a lot. 70 to 80% of the churches today are dead. So that only leaves about 20% of our churches that are alive and serving and committed and active for Jesus Christ. Now, now listen guys, let's make sure that what I'm going to be preaching on these next two or three weeks, let's make sure that these never creep in to our church. Because a church doesn't die in one year. A church that usually gets sick and a church that dies, it's over a period of 20 years. They're in services every Sunday. They're worshiping every Sunday. They're sick and they don't know it. And there are some that are sick and just don't want to change. Amen? Isn't it amazing how the human, how we get used to stuff and do not want to change? I'm reading a book. I've read a book in the last two or three weeks by Thomas Rayner. It's called The Autopsy of a Deceased Church. Great book. If you want to go to Lifeway, get it. He 
I am a church member. He, he did, he interviewed 14 churches after they died and tried to find the reason why they died. And he said it's amazing. In his book, he wrote, it, it was amazing that people that did not want to change and do stuff that would make them alive, many times in his book quoted, and, he, and these people quoted these to him. He's a church consultant. He would go into a church and consult them. They would hire him to say, what's wrong with our church? Why is, not our, church, why is our church not growing? And he would, he would be with them for months and, and, and go through every ministry and the pastor and interview all of them. Then he would have a meeting with the leaders and say, here's what you got to do. This is the things that's got to change if you want your church to grow. And 80%, well, all of them would say, I will let it die before I change that. That's sad. Amen. Amen. Pleasant Hill. If we ever get in that shape, then we... Some churches are dead and deserve to be dead. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of churches out there dead. They deserve to be dead because of what they do and their attitude and, and don't want to invite the Holy Spirit of God into their church. Well, I can tell you right now, if the Holy Spirit, you don't just get the Holy Spirit on Sunday. He's got, you've got to be able to surrender and follow the Holy Spirit and not your flesh during the week. Because a church is about the people, amen? If we can get the people in the church to follow the Holy Spirit during the week, then when we come, Benny, to church on Sunday, we have an anointed service of God and the Holy Spirit comes down and He convicts and He draws people and He causes people to find their calling into their heart. People start stepping up and do. But that's got to start because the church is made of people. Amen? And when it's made of people, we've got to learn to put aside... And I know you're getting tired of hearing this, but I'm going to keep preaching it. Me, myself, and I has got to step aside sometimes and allow Jesus to take over. And that's hard for me to do as a pastor and a leader trying to lead this church. Sometimes I want to tell Jesus what He's talking about. I know what I'm doing. How many of y'all ever done that? And the rest of y'all have done it and you won't raise your hand. Because we've all told Jesus at one time, I know how to handle my family. I know how to run my church. I can do my finances just fine, Jesus. I'm saved and going to heaven. I know what I'm doing. And a lot of these churches uh, today in America, I, I preach in a lot of churches revival, and there's always a remnant of people that are alive in a dead church. And a church, listen, a dead church is not a church of 30. A dead church can be a church of 300. Because he's fixing to tell them here in this verse, he said, you look alive, but you're dead. You can be a busy church and be a dead church. You can do a lot of ministry in a church and be a dead church. Just because you're busy don't mean you're alive. It means you're busy. <laughs> Amen? And at the, each one of these churches, Jesus starts off, He that has an ear, let him hear what I'm saying to the church. He's not talking about the ear right here, the physical ear. Jesus says, I want to prod, I want to dig away, I want to get through your flesh, all of your traditions, all of your junk, what you think church should be, and let me show you what church should really be like. Because he said there's some things going on. There's three, really three kinds of churches. There's the church that thinks they are. There's the, there's the church that the community thinks they are. And then there's the church that God thinks they are. And God knows if we're dead or not. And whether y'all know it or not, we look at our church and we think we know what kind of church we are. 
the community out here, up and down 70 at Lake County School, they get a very good view of our church and they think they know what type of church we are. But the only one that truly knows is God Himself. Whether we're alive or dead. And I want to read, I want to get into reading this. In Revelation, let's all give you a little leg break. Let's stand for a minute, amen? This is going to be some good stuff. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 1. How many of y'all is written in red? Raise your hand. Alright, that's great. Means you got a Jesus Bible. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, he says, write. These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful or wake up and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect. Now he's not saying that he looks for a perfect church. I mean there's not one. There's not a perfect people, but when he says perfect in works, he means I'm looking, you're not fulfilling the will of God for your church body. You're not fulfilling the will of God in the works for your own self, the calling in your life. He says in verse 3, Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. There's that, isn't that amazing how that word comes back again every time you want to get on fire for Jesus? The word repent comes up. Something I heard this week, Charles Spurgeon, he preached one time, he was preaching a series on repent. Back in the early days, the Puritans were called repenters. It means I repented of my sins and I continually repent every day. That's what a Puritan believed. And Charles Spurgeon was speaking one time on repentance. And he was preaching on repentance. Church, if you want to have a revival, we've got to get on our knees and repent and get back close to God. Some of his deacons and some of his leaders after the come to him and said, Brother Spurgeon... You are just rubbing the hair on the cat the wrong way. He said, well, fellas, all I can tell you to do is turn the cat around. Amen? <laughs> and that's the way I feel about some of my preaching. If you don't like repentance and getting surrendered and getting closer to God, turn that cat around in. You'll be amazed what God will do in your life and your heart. If you're tired of going against the Word of God and the grain of God, turn it around and surrender. And you'll be amazed what God will do into your life. And so he says, repent. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast, to the, hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said, I'll come upon you. He said, in, in, in Ephesus, I'll come and steal your lampstand. To the church of Pergamos, I'll come as a sword, a double-edged sword. He said, here, I'll come in as a thief in the night. He says, I will come to you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. There's that few people in the church that were alive. And they shall walk with me in white, and they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, do what? Let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll open our ears this morning. Give us an ear, Lord, to hear. Wake us up in our own hearts. Lord, we try to be the church that you want us to be. We try to be the church in the community. But, And Lord, you've done some blessings and some great things in this church. Lord, in the last 11 years, 
work and pleasant heal. But Lord, do not let our ministers and, and ministry people, everyone in this church, be complacent and live on past blessings. Lord, continually give this church a clear vision of what you want from us and what our calling is. It's, it's not about ten years ago. That was ten years ago. Today is the day that you've made for us to walk in. And Lord, I pray that you would make us aware and never let these signs into our church of a dying church because it doesn't start in one year, in one month. It, it takes years and then we, get, we grow accustomed to, to them, to the deadness and we just live with it. And, we, and then before long, the devil starts telling us that that's all there'll ever be is what you're experiencing. And that's a lie from hell. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He resurrected and rose three days later for us to live in a resurrection life, to experience Him more abundantly. And Lord, I pray that You'll continue. Let us experience Your Spirit in a real way continually. Every time we meet as a church body, let us continually just experience Your Spirit in a deeper and more richer way. And Lord, just speak to each one of our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I found something this week by Dennis Lyle wrote pretty good about dead churches. Tragically, many churches are dead. Like rotting carcasses of Lazarus, these church bodies have a foul stench of death upon them. They have the appearance of life, but in actuality, they are dead. Their sanctuary is a morgue with a steeple. Their congregations are corpses. Corpses. They have undertakers for ushers. Maybe that's why our ushers didn't come up. Embalmers. For elders, morticians, for ministers. Their song, their theme song is embalmed in Gilead. At the rapture though, this will be one of the first churches taken out. I don't know if you knew that or not. Because the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen? And you say, well, that's pretty funny, Brother Joe. But you know what? It's a sad shame that our churches have to get to a state where people are fighting the devil all week. We all have things in our lives. We all have stresses and pressures of life and from the devil. And we try to, to have a refuge to come and to be filled with the Spirit and become alive again. You know what? Sometimes, guys, I need this church service to make it through the week. Amen? Whether you do or not, some of you are going, I don't know what he's... You, you don't know Jesus very well then. There's some times when I've been raked over the coals by the devil. Listen, as a preacher, you've got all things said about you. What you do, don't do, how you go. I'm trying to please everybody in this building. Oh, and then on top of that, minister everybody and preach the Word and make sure your family grows. Amen? So there's sometimes I come in here that I need to come, and, 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 and as a pastor, Levi, I know that I'm coming in Sunday, well, you know, I've stumbled and I've had a hard week, but if I'm coming here Sunday to Pleasant Hill, I know that the Holy Spirit's going to lift me up, Tim. I'll have brother so-and-so, miss so-and-so there to hug me and encourage me and say, get up and let's go. It's not over till God says it's over, let's go. Amen? I need a church body that comes in and, and lifts me up when I'm down and out. I get stepped on enough during the week by the world. Amen? And you do too. You get walked on, you get stepped on every week by the things of this world. 
And all and, and listen, Jesus is saying to us, we, we, we experience this all week. We don't need to come to a building of the church or the walking dead. When I come in on Sunday, I need something that God will speak to me that might change my whole walk. Did you know that there's a song and a word can be preached or something can be taught or something can be said will change your whole direction in your marriage? God's Word is still alive. It's like a, it, it, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And every time I preach, this is what God's Word does. God's Word gives me over 7,000 promises in His Bible. I love the promises of God, but there's times when it has to be like a scalpel and come in and cut out that rotten, dead place that's forming in my heart. Some of y'all say, I don't have that. Was you negative last week? Amen. Amen? Do you gripe and complain all the time? You know, there's some of the best grippers and complainers. I mean, there's some of the best grippers and complainers in the church building. I don't hear that many in Walmart. Amen? Most of the time, most of the people in Walmart or Kroger are happier than the church. I mean, they're just pushing their little cart and they're happy and they're throwing this in and do. Even with a long line, they don't care because they know the food they got is good. Amen? But then you come to a church, I can't believe somebody got my parking spot out there. And I just, uh... Look at that, they're sitting in my seat and I always sit in this seat. I got news for y'all in this church. There ain't no seat with your name on it, brother. Amen? That's another sign of a dead church. When I walk into a church, and listen, we need, we need to look back on our past. We need to have a spiritual heritage and be proud of it. We just don't need to be embalmed in it. Amen? I look back at this church and I love the people that were here. I love the old. See, I don't do old and new and young and old in a church. I don't do it. Because that's nothing but of the devil. Now, it comes to say, if you're in your 70s and 80s, then you probably more than likely don't get around like you used to when you was 25. Amen? Amen? Can I have... How many of y'all, y'all in here now, if you're, if you're 60 and above, you get around just as good as you did when you was 20 and 25 and 30. Wanda's the only one because she has a double anointing. But normally, most people do not get around. So, here it is in the church. And this is just from my perspective. It's not about old and young, new and old. And Listen, the older ones can't do what they can do, but they did it when they were our age. Now it's time for us to pick up the torch and start walking and living and serving and being active for Jesus if you're young. The old, here's the way I look at it. All the older people in the church... You've got a job to do and you do it to your best ability. And God will bless you for it. Younger folks, God's giving you a call and he's give, He wants you to be active and committed in the church. Do what God's called you to do. And God will take through His Spirit. Now here's the key. Through His Holy Spirit, He'll unify all of this together to work out for His good. Now here's the problem in most churches, and this is why our churches are dying today. You, you can have the best ministries, the best programs, the best outreaches. If you do not have the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon your church, you have no church. 
you have a bunch of people meeting there for a good cause. There's a lot of churches, I'll explain, man, the Spirit was good today. He moved and they're going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have a clue. Last time they experienced the Holy Spirit is when they got saved, Walt. And if that is all that God came to do today, dear children, listen up. If this is all He come to do is to save you and empower you and give you a great experience and you sit back and soak and sour and die, that's not why He died on the cross. He died to empower you to get inside of you, to live inside of you. After you're saved, the Holy Spirit indwells you. And through the Holy Spirit, that's the only way any man is ever going to enter into heaven is by the way, the truth, and the life, and that's through Jesus. Amen? This is why we're dying in our churches today is, is the church quits remembering that we don't need the Holy Spirit. We can just sing on our own. You cannot. You cannot teach on your own. Well, Brother George, i got a four-year degree and an MBA and a DDA and ADD and everything else. I've got the best from the seminary. That you know, folks, I got news for you. You can you can show them news, newspapers. You can show them them college degree papers all you want. And I know there's a bunch of seminary preachers online listening now. Says I don't like this preacher. And I'm not just. And I don't believe just get up here and preach and say. How do you find your sermons, Brother George? I just say, oh, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, dear Jesus, stop. Okay, I'm going to preach on 2 Kings. That's not following the Spirit. But in return, you've got to learn to have balance. i got people that go to the seminary and think that they got a big name, doctor, that they're going to walk in carrying the Holy King James or NIV or new living, or man, I can keep going, amen. Bible under their hand. Oh, I've got this degree, I went four years. Books don't grow a church. If you don't have a leader and a leadership in church that's willing to suck it up and to say, It's not about me, but it's about you. Lord, what is your vision for this church? I don't care if it shakes people up. Lord, your spirit needs to fall on this church. Upon this ministry, upon, upon everything that we do, Lord, your spirit needs to be covering and hovering and in charge. And if it means breaking hearts, that means breaking hearts. But Lord, you do whatever your will to do. But if I just preached that already in a bunch of churches today, they would already want to have an invitation. Let's go to the house. If we don't, there's a light that, that glows in a church. Amen? Go back to that, Michelle, in Revelation, in verse 1. I want to show them. To the angel of the church in Sardis I write. Jesus wrote to these, to these pastors of every church. And everybody said, I know what you're saying. Brother George, that's way back thousand years ago. He wrote that to the church then, to the church today. And it's also got a personal message right straight to you today if you're a child of God. It wasn't just for these churches way back when. Dead churches have been around for years. This isn't something new that just started. And so he says to the angel in the church of Sardis, he said, these things I say, he who has the seven spirits. Now who in the world has seven spirits? I thought, Brother George, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He is. He is talking about the fullness, sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
In Revelations, in, in Revelation 3, he's talking about that. The full-fold ministry. God's in control and knows all. And everything goes on in this church. How many of y'all agree with that? Whether you think you got somebody fooled, God knows whether you're dead or not. You may have everybody fooled today thinking you're the best Christian in the world and you got it together and you do this and you're alive and you even raise your hand. You show it. You're, you know, Christians can look like that. They show all the signs on the outside of being alive. But on the inside, they're really dead. He said, you have the appearance of being alive. Y'all meet, raise hands, but you're dead. You don't care no more. You don't want to be a part of an active church. When I mention getting active to a lot of people in church, it scares them. Oh no, I didn't sign up for that. I just go to church. Well, Jesus didn't sign up either, but He died on the cross for you. Amen? So you wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell and you could live out with a calling on your life to help someone else that's probably in the same position or worse than you're in. God will always call you back to help somebody. And there's been people in here that used to be on drugs and you've had a bad life. That does not bother me. The church needs to learn to realize we're not out trying to recruit saved angel people. Amen? Oh, I wish that couple would join. They're a good couple. Well, let me let you in a little secret. If they're not going to that church and they're wanting to come here, it may be a reason why. Now, sometimes it is because they're dead. And people are hungry and they come join Pleasant Hill. I've seen it. I preached revival and I felt sorry for those folks. I go in and preach and I, numerous times. There'll be 50 people in the congregation. There'll be three or four that are sitting on the edge of their seat when I'm preaching, wanting the Spirit, wanting what, man, I want it, I want it. And, and, and isn't it amazing how God deals with hearts, David? They'll sit here on the seat and they're like, man, let's go, God. Oh, this will be good in our church. He's going to bring revival. And the other half of the church is sitting there like, wish you'd hurry up. They're dead. And you'll be amazed. There's a lot of people in church today, and there may be some here that could care less whether this church was shut down next week or not, it wouldn't bother them. I pray that never happens in our church. Amen? And if you're one that's thinking that in here, I pray that God will wake your dead heart up. Because long as Jesus is the head of the church, it's never too late. Amen? Never too late for a church. Never too late. Jesus says, I'm in control. I don't care if you've got five members. It's never too late. I don't care if your hearts are hard as can be. But I'm going to tell you what, a preacher can't come in there. Here's the problem with it. Dead churches call dead preachers. <laughs> dead churches call dead preachers. And I'm going to be honest with you. They call preachers that will come in and run the church and keep the status quo like they've always kept it. Don't change nothing, preacher. Don't give us no vision. Oh, we don't do that. I've heard preachers after preachers talking to them when they take a church. And they'll say, Brother George, I tried to tell them I'd like to do this. I think God's laying this on my heart to go here and do this. And, and they'll say, no, we don't do that. Here's what we do. We don't do that. Here's what we do. That's not the church's job. To tell the preacher, this is, what, this is how we do it. If he's an anointed man of God. Now listen. If he's anointed man of God, well, we don't do that. We just never, we've never done that in 20 years, and we don't do that. And here's what you're, no, here's what you're going to do. And the, the, the pastor gets his lead from the Holy Spirit. 
And it will not take very long for the church to find out whether he's an anointed, true, spirit-led preacher or he's out to do it for himself. And I got news for you. I've never done nothing in this church to glorify me or want more me. Amen? And I know some preachers, they want all the glory. But dead church called dead preachers. And a dead preacher can't get a church out of the cemetery with a degree from the cemetery. Amen? It's going to take spirit. He's going to have to realize that there's things in his heart he's got, God's got to change. I've got to get back on fire like I was when I was first saved. Where it was a pure, clean feeling. I could care less whether you talk about me or not. I mean, I'm, I was so saved. I, I, mean, I felt like little gold dust was falling on my head. Amen? But as time comes in and years take over, look, we'll go back to that, Michelle, in Revelation. I, I want to stick to this. These things he says, who has the seven spirit? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in a church. When people are listening to the Holy Spirit, He's drawing them out. When churches tell me we ain't had no moves in two years or a year, then the Holy Spirit is weak in that church. The light's almost blowed out. There's a little flicker going on. And I, and I, I don't know about y'all, but we went through a little lull here a few weeks ago. We had like four or five weeks. Nobody made a move for God. Nobody, nobody got saved. Nobody, nobody uh, uh, rededicated their life. Nobody come for baptism. Nobody even come up and just give a praise report about what God was doing in their life. And, and I'm going, six weeks, six weeks, Lord, what is going on? What am I preaching? What am I doing? How? I mean, I, thought, I couldn't imagine a year. Because if this church goes a year without a move of God, we're doing something wrong. Amen. How many of y'all agree with that over here? How about in the middle, amen? Don't forget my left side, amen? If we go a whole year when, when moves stop happening, here's another sign that I see that people or churches is moving in the right direction and alive is lots of visitors attend. That means that the word's getting out by the church. Somebody asked me a while back, what time of uh, outreach program y'all do? I said it's called M-O-T-H. Y'all get that on the way home. It's your mouth! Oh, good Lord. Let me have your pen. Give me your pen. Hush. Hold up, I'll be right back. There was something wrong with the screen on that. Michelle, put this word on the screen for me right there. They're not listening right. Thank you. I can't spell. I just got in. I just my the Holy Spirit made me double step. Okay. Mouth. Now where was I? Why did I say mouth? Huh? Oh, yeah, through the mouth. M-O-U-T-H. Mouth. Oh, bless this redneck preacher. No degree, but he loves the Lord. Amen. M-O-U-T-H. 
These things he says, who is the seven spirits and the seven stars. The seven stars were the pastors in every church. There were seven churches, there were seven stars. That was the pastors. He's writing, because see, this, is, this lets me know. He says, I know your works. He says, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. That you have a name, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are what? Here's a prime example right here. Have you ever seen these, these trees up here? The good thing about these, they look real. I don't even have to water them. I mean, they look good every Sunday I come in here. Don't have to water them, don't have to fertilize them. If I did that in most churches, they'd say, Oh, that's, Miss, that's a memorial tree for Miss So-and-so. <laughs> I've had that said to me too. <laughs> the reason... Whew, this is good stuff this morning. I want to get a plumb away from tradition. I want to be a Jesus church. Amen? That's what we need to be. But the reason that, that plant looks good every week and you don't have to water it and tend to it, I, I don't, we don't mess. I mean, I don't ever say, Tim, have you, Tim, don't ever come to me on Wednesday nights to even say, hey, uh, we need to water this thing. It looks the same every Sunday. It don't change. You know why? It's not alive. Look. This is what a lot of churches' conditions are in. Whether they wear blue jeans or three-piece suits, they still look like this. When are we going to come to know as a church it's not about what you wear makes you holy? Or how big or small your church is? Or how, how whether you got a, 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 a degree or no degree, but it's about, am I surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Is He the light of my heart? Do I really know during the week when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and it's other people, do I have a discerning spirit in me? Does the Holy Spirit say, no, that's wrong. See, this is why the shape of... This is all the reason America's in this shape it is. Y'all can blame Obama all you want. You need to blame the church. Amen? Everybody's going, oh, it ain't Obama. It's the church and the Christians. They go to dead church every Sunday and sit there. Every Sunday, never make a move. Never say, God, speak to me. How many of y'all said, God, speak to me today before I walk in that building? There's something very important and vital for my family and my marriage you want me to know. You want me to be a better Christian, a better father, a better grandpa? Lord, speak to me. Most of us didn't do that. We rush in, get a word real quick, and leave... <laughs> And we're dry and we're just the same. We look the same. Next Sunday we'll come back and we'll look the same like it's leaf. But no water of the Holy Spirit came in and there was no change. And the reason, listen, the reason a lot of churches quit preaching salvation through Jesus. You watch on TV how many churches. Some churches don't even give invitations no more. I've been to some churches. They'll send a preacher a preach. And he, and he preaches a very good dialect message, uses great grammar. He spells mouth right. I mean, he did it all. And then at the end of service, if you need talking to, let me know. Let someone know. When's the time to call back a nation of people to get back on their knees and pray and confess and repent our sins and say, Jesus, I'm dead. I, need I want you to restore and revive me again back to my original state when I accepted you as my personal Savior. 
I want that fire of your spirit inside of me. That fire of Jesus. Burning inside of me again. I used to be excited. My kids used to be excited. But now we just drag in and we drag out. It's happening every Sunday in the churches of America. And we want to blame the government. The government's not going to get excited about Jesus until the church of Jesus Christ gets excited about Jesus. Amen? That's just the truth. But we, it's easy to blame other people on our spiritual sickness. And the church in America is in a spiritual sickness. 80%, 78% of churches are dying or dead. Now help me out, Wanda. If that's 80, I don't do this again. That means 20, right? Okay. 20% are alive. That's a shame. The Spirit came in on a day of Pentecost and the church was birthed. Through the powers of the Holy Spirit rested upon tongues of them and they spoke the gospel in their own language and the gospel began to spread like fire. It was birthed by the fire of the Spirit. Now let me ask you, you are still born again by the fire of the Spirit. God wants you to live your life by the fire of the Spirit. Here's the problem. We have gotten over being saved. That's the problem with the church. We have got complacent and just... We have gotten over our salvation experience. Look what he says. Go, go back to that in Revelation, uh, Michelle. The next verse. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. So that means there's some things in the church that were still alive. I love that. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I... Have not found your works complete or perfect. You're not in the will of God. You're not active. You're not caring for your community, your people in your church. You're just there. This church used to be active. This church of Sardis. And I, and I might say that for us. We need more people to be active in this church. Men. Everybody's going, oh, he's preaching to me. If you ain't active, I'm preaching to you. Amen? If you're not caring and loving and trying to get plugged in, well, dear brother, I don't want to break your heart, but this message for you. <laughs> strengthen, what's the, strengthen what remains. Well, Brother George, I got hurt in this. Strengthen what remains inside of you. The Holy Spirit's there. Let Him strengthen you. If you used to do this, strengthen up and get back on your feet and go again. He said, be watchful and strengthen things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Now here he goes. Remember, remember, therefore how you have received and heard. We quit, we quit hearing and we quit receiving. Some of us come in here on Sundays and I preach barely over 25 minutes every Sunday. I'm doing this to help you because if I say an hour, it makes it look worse on you. <laughs> okay, then I preach an hour. And some of us leave out of here don't hear a thing. <laughs> One solid hour of preaching. And we don't hear and we don't receive nothing. It never changes our attitude. There's a lot of people going to church every Sunday and go out with the same attitude, same stinking attitude, saying negative and complaining. God never changes them. 
And then there's churches all over America and in Garland County that are full of them. And when they do get a visitor and he don't dress, and he, and he don't dress like them, look like them, then they want to talk about it. He needs to get their shirt on before he comes in here. If he's going to come to this church, he needs to look like us. That's the problem. You're dead. If you're dead, brother, I don't want to look like you. I had a, I had a preacher tell me that one time in a little missionary Baptist church. I'm going to tell you which one because you all know it. But he told me, he said, Brother George, you're just a... I've been to revivals and heard you preach and heard you preach here and even on the internet. You don't preach like a missionary Baptist. I said, well, what do I... If I remember correctly, when God called me, He called me to be a, a minister of the gospel. Amen. To preach the word of Jesus, not southern free will. He said, oh, you're just different. Yeah. And I said, well, how many you got going to your church? He said, oh, we, 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 we had 15 last Sunday. But you just do everything different than missionary Baptists. You don't act like them. And I finally stopped and said, well, praise God. I was starting to get down. I was. I started to pucker my lip and almost went to crying. Because somebody's talking about George again. And I realized the Holy Spirit rose up at me and said, You big dummy, wake up! Tell him you don't want to be like him and look like him and smell like him if they're dead. That's a compliment, you big dummy. Preach it! And boy, and I stood up like this and I said, You're right, Jesus. I'm not like you, Amen. I just can't put, if that's what it means to be dead, then I don't want none of you. Well, y'all play that music and do this, you run around and pray, scream, holler. Okay, next. But here's, here, Levi, here's the funny thing. When we all die and go to heaven, and them same preachers and people talk to me, the Bible says the first person they'll see is Jesus, but really and truly it's going to be Brother George right beside him saying, I told you so! Come on! I'm going to be right by Jesus, my hand around him saying, there's that one that was dead. He ain't going to worship but teach him Jesus. Now he's got to wait till eternity. Amen? Strengthen the things that are alive. He says, remember therefore how you have received and heard. Remember what it felt like when you got saved. Amen? Don't forget the feeling. Well, Brother George, that feeling is fading. You know why the feeling is fading? You haven't repented and tried to ask Jesus to restore the joy of your salvation in years. You've tried to restore and strengthen yourself all these years and never come to the altar and said, Jesus, the last time you said I'm sorry was that salvation. Amen? Lord, I'm wrong. I need you as a personal Savior. I can't go to heaven without you. Lord Jesus, come in in my heart and be my Savior because I can't do it on my own. There's nothing good I can do. Jesus wants you to have a relationship like that with Him every day and every week. He knows you're saved now. But just because He saved you, He don't want you to walk away from Him. He wants you to rely on Him and call upon Him daily. And say, Jesus, I... You know, and we pray to God like we got the inside information and He don't know nothing. Amen? Lord, uh, I, I hope you know this uh, co-worker of mine. Uh, I want to pray. He's going, dude, I already know him for in his mother's womb. I know what his problem is. I know what your problem is. I know what Pleasant Hill's problem is. 
But it's up to us to wake up. Wake up! And come to God and let Him restore that light of His salvation inside of us. Restore that feeling. He said, remember. Remember your salvation experience. How many here was excited if you got saved? I want to get just some feelings real quick. How would you feel, Warren? It was great. What about you, Eric? What about you, Ryan? Outstanding. What about you, Rusty? Huh? Chains fell off. What about you? Here's one that was a hard booger. Levi! Now, listen, this is how powerful the gospel is. Levi knew who Jesus was and the church was, but went for years without realizing he needed a Savior. And, and I wrote this on my Facebook this week. You can believe right and still not do right. Y'all remember that. Write that down. That's good. Put it on your refrigerator. I can believe right, but I don't always do right. And Levi comes in. Mary went to church for years and... Mary's a pretty tough old bird. She just left him at home. Go hunting and I'm going to church. But then, what did you feel like when you got saved? Till that... I was a little scared, but I did get excited. <laughs> yes, he did. A little scared, but he did get excited. Over here. Over here. Freshness. Whole new life. How about you, Tim? The weights were gone. Jerry? I love that because most of them that said, now I'm glad they said that, they felt like a weight or something was lifted and they had joy. But isn't this something? We go to church and we start getting involved in the church and doing things in church and we feel like a house is on our shoulders. And when the house is on my shoulder, I get crabby. Amen? Because the burdens of life get upon me two years after salvation, four years, five years, ten years, twenty, twenty-five. And I'll be honest with you, I'm around a lot of Christians in church. Two things are happening in their life. They're really and truly not saved, or they're so burdened down, burdensome, and just negative and full of stuff that you can't see the, sal the lights barely flickering. One of the two things, you either are, and, and y'all can write this down, this is George Vincent saying, you either are or you ain't. Amen? You either, you're either saved or you're not saved. There's no middle ground. Now, I think a lot of condition of people in churches, they get burdened. People in church, and I see it here, get burdened with ministry. Burdened down. They're a leader and they get burdened down. You know what's kept me here 11 years and still preaching after eight, almost 17, 18 years? There's got to be, I got to unload that to Jesus all the time. Every one of y'all said when you got saved, it felt like you was free. Burden was lifted, you could, I mean, you was walking on your tippy toes. But then you went from your tippy toes down to look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Amen? Negative, sour, bad talking to your wife, your kids, your people in church, you didn't care who feels. That's a problem. When you get to that condition, it's time for you to say, and here's where the power and influence of the Holy Spirit in the church helps. They get let's see. Jesus wanted this church to happen. Two things happen. He wanted them to be alarmed and wake up and be convicted of what was going on in their life and quit pushing it under the rug. 
deal with it. And so you finally, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys, church should be fun. Amen? I have a blast preaching up here on Sundays. I do. But I also, listen, I don't joke around in church and talk. I joke around with that woman at home. You ask her, amen? Give me an amen on that one. I joke with her. I pull stuff. I have fun. She hates spiders, and I got a lot of stuff at the house that looks like spiders. It's great. Have joy. Here's where Pleasant Hill needs to get. When we stop a sign that's creeping in, because when we, when we stop feeling like we're complacent and burdened, the devil comes in and tears things apart. Some of us leaders in this church aren't having fun doing what you're doing. Amen? You're not having fun, and you're making your neighbors not having fun. Amen? So lighten up. Lighten up. Go to the altar and say, Jesus, I give you my ministry today. I've tried to do it my way, run it my way, act my way. Jesus, your spirit... I can't, listen, guys, one sermon's not going to change this church. It's got to be a lifestyle. After a while, you just keep handling the Word and handling the Word, preaching the Word. That's why in the Bible, Jesus tells me to be instant in season and out of season. Preach when there's no moves. Keep preaching. Amen? Keep showing up, George, every Sunday when somebody upsets your apple cart and hurts your feelings. Keep preaching. Because there's been many a time, Tim, I could have just threw my balls and my bath and said, I'm going back to normal life. Yeah, and some of y'all I can tell you, some of y'all ain't normal by looking at you. You know, there'd be a time that me and Melvin would love to just take off when we wanted and go out of town and nobody cares and just leave, but I've got a church. I've not only my family, but I got three hundred families that's gonna to count to Jesus one day about how I lead them. So don't think my job is just a little push button, get a sermon, let's go. I'm trying to help you get the abundant life. Every week. But some of us in this church need to lighten up and have fun. You know what? It may not all work out like it's supposed to be. But you know what? We're just another day closer to eternity. Amen? There's another day, we'll work on it again. It don't work out, that's alright. There's another... It's okay, the worst thing that could happen to you as a child of God is Jesus come out and snatch you away. Amen? So Pleasant Hill, let's have fun. There's a time to be serious. There's a time to be reverent. There's time to know when to keep our mouth shut. And there's a time when to speak, and there's a time to laugh, and there's a time to cry. How do I know that? Because the Holy Spirit's in emotion. When you're following the Holy Spirit and a church is following the Holy Spirit, there will be times we laugh. There will be times we cry. There will be times we're reverent, dead, quiet, serious. Because we know the holy hush, Spirit of God is in the house and I don't want to do nothing to make God mad. But see, we've got to realize that. Not, we're not just here to hear a sermon and leave. That's why the church is dying because most people don't know to discern the Holy Spirit when... when I'll tell you how bad it got in this church before I could get invitation done. I don't care if I make them mad or not. They were leaving before invitation was over. 30 and 40 of them leaving. 
And I'm sitting there preaching right at invitation time. And I look back and people are getting up in the back row. I go, boy, Jesus, that, you know, must not be too important to them. They're leaving. You say, you shouldn't say that. Well, don't leave. <laughs> Invite Jesus come in and get a little joy in your life. I mean, get, Jesus is fun. Your marriage can be fun. Your kids can be fun. Church ministry can be fun. But you've got to have an ear to hear what the Spirit says, when to laugh, when to cry, when to be stern, when to blow it off. Amen? Have an ear to hear what the Spirit says. Oh, man, I'm done. This is good stuff. I, got, I, 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 I won't preach all the sermons today. I hate to wait till next Sunday. He who has an ear, let him hear. Now, y'all really remember this verse this week. He that has an ear. If you're a child of God this morning, Open your heart's ears up to what God's saying to you. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit... Now listen, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit's living in you. True? He's in you, He's speaking to you. Listen to Him. Lost person, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus, only thing you're going to hear is Jesus saying, come to me. Come to me and get saved. He, he's not going to get down deep. In, he, uh, first thing He wants to worry about, it, are you saved? Do you feel like deadness has started setting in your own heart? Let me ask you this. Are you contributing to help make this church alive? Or are you helping making this church die? By the things you're doing, by the things you're saying, by the actions you have, are you helping this church become more alive? Or are you causing the corpse metamorphosis to start to set in? Because see, Jesus wants a live church here today, guys. And if this church is not alive, your family's not going to change. Nobody's going to change if we're not alive. The Holy Spirit's alive every day. Amen. Let's all stand. Me, me, me. Lord, never. Lord, I pray never let this church become a dead church. Shake us, Lord. Open our eyes, our hearts. Whatever you need to do, shake this church up before we become dead. And we can become dead with a house full. Lord, if there's people in here that's being complacent, we can't live off of our past blessings and what happened to them. Today is the day we start living by faith for you. Not the good old days. The good old days are gone. There's nothing good about them no more anyway. Today is the day. Lord, speak to our hearts in a special way. Reveal something to us. Each one of us. Everyone on the sound of my voice this morning. Reveal something. And it'll be different in everybody's heart and the need that they need and what you're calling them to do. But Lord, just give them a hear what you're saying today, Lord. Have your way in this invitation, Lord. Draw us closer to your spirit this morning. Draw us to your altars this morning. Draw us closer to the church body. Lord, help us to learn to repent. Lord, I know it's a hard word sometimes to come to the altar kneel where you're at and say, Lord, I'm wrong. Lord, I, I need to turn this over to you. or Lord, I need to turn away from the sin in my life. And, and Lord, I, I don't want to keep going in that direction in the road that that sin's leading me down. Lord, I want to turn today. Help me turn and to walk away. That's repentance. You turn and you walk away from that. It's the same as we bring things to the altars and we lay them down and we beg and we plead and we cry. But then we pick up them problems and we, 
Leave them at the foot of the cross this morning. For once, say, Jesus, I want to be led by Your Spirit this week. Show me newness of heart and newness of life that I haven't experienced in a long, long time. Lord, have Your way in this service this morning. Give us an ear to hear what Your Spirit says. In Jesus' name, everyone saying, Come this morning as the praise team sings. Do you feel like your marriage is slipping away from your relationship with Jesus, with the church? Whatever it may be, Jesus is calling you to be a watchful. Wake up! Wake up and remember what it used to be like when you were.